everybody, and welcome to the FilmReview.com podcast. I am your host, FilmReview.com's own Mark Eastman. That still sounds weird. And with me, as always, is the ever-punctual co-host extraordinaire, <laughs> Shane Leonard. Hello. Uh, who just walked I, in I the door, in. which is uh, kind of awesome. Thankfully, security wasn't too tight. Yeah, we're uh, we're on live, and uh, I'm just going to throw this out every once in a while in case you didn't know we're on live. It, yeah. If you know that we're on live and can listen to us live, then there's a phone number right in front of you somewhere, and the chat room is open, and we're looking for questions and any comments people have to make. Love to get people in the chat room. It's, it's always fun. Yeah, it, the chat room's fun. The chat room is populated from time to time, but, uh, you know... Maybe yeah. we have to double dare people to call us. I know. I, I like it it's when there. I like it when there are people in the chat room and they just stay there. Yeah, but yeah, they, they don't. Do. They don't do. They anything don't do anything. They just kind of loiter, which is fun. Uh, but no one listens to us live anyway, so who cares? Yeah. Uh, this week, Pan, which is uh, perhaps unfortunately titled. Oh, that's it. That's a hint at your as review. a movie. Um, you wow. know, we we don't really have we don't really have any. Uh, you don't usually go that route. We don't really have any news this week because uh, all the news was just trailers. Yeah, this week, um, at least it seemed to be the bad. This was like trailer week. Um, it was Hail yeah. Caesar. Uh, the Hail Caesar trailer finally came out, and it looks really awesome. It it looks very <laughs> weird and kind of Coen Brothersy. Yeah, but it looks very cool. And as always with the Coen Brothers movie at this point, it's got tons of people in it. Right. So, uh, you know, everyone in Hollywood is in it, really, uh, at some point or another. And uh, but George Clooney looks really cool. And, you know, it's funny because George Clooney will frequently throw me off like he will. Well, he obviously loves the Coen brothers anyway. And he's in every other movie they make. But, you know, he will throw me off because he will go for a while and, you know, just be like a lot of serious stuff. Oh yeah, yeah. Right. And then all of a sudden he goes, "No, I want to make like a Coen Brothers Let's movie now." Or it's yeah. not necessarily always a Coen Brothers movie, but it seems like yeah. you know he goes along for a while, and then all people pay attention to is you know how gorgeous he is, right? And he's in some really serious movie in a suit all the time yeah. or whatever, right. and trying to do this whole other thing. And then you see like the Hail Caesar trailer, right? And he's like a. <laughs> washed up like yeah. drunk goofball actor and and it's weird yeah i mean it just i don't know it strikes me as weird and then uh there were there were too many trailers to mention this week actually uh there's no point going through them all because i can't exactly show them to you but the um uh pride and prejudice and zombies trailer finally came out which is just freaky. That's doing a lot of buzz <laughs> on the the sites that I'm watching. But yeah. people are just like enamored with it. Like they right. were when have you have you read that? I didn't. It's it's, Did ha- it's actually weirdly good. I heard it was really fun. I actually might it, have enough time to read it. It's so, it's so weird of uh, and especially because you know you look at it and you go oh yeah thanks right. yeah you know here, right. here's this yeah but it's funny because uh, I only read the book. It was a while after it came out that I read it. Yeah. But I only read the book because I did the same thing. I was just like, great, because zombies are popular. And right. so we have to do, you know, Abraham Lincoln vampire hunter spin on whatever. Yeah. But then I read a couple of things about it. And they're like English professors, right. you know, saying that this somehow is like an interesting way to look <laughs> at the real work. Right. I'm like, 
wait, what? Yeah, now I, now I got to read it. So, and, yeah. and it's actually kind of interesting. Yeah. It's so it's weird. And, you know, besides that, it's, you know, it's fun. I mean, right. it, it's well written. It's yeah. not like, uh, it's not laborious it, and it's not like, it's not like it's popular it's just, with like, you know, 50 shades of gray, like right. craziness. Right. And, you know, somebody whipped something out just to, and it's, you know, horribly it's written or whatever. Crab. It's kind of like, yeah, no, it's actually like kind of a serious, I mean, it's, it's definitely goofy. And it's, at parts, it's almost like a little Douglas Adamsy yeah. in, in the way that it kind of suddenly goes berserk, yeah. but, but it's fun. So yeah. anyway, Anyway, but the trailer for that came out and like the internet exploded yeah. uh, on that day. And and that's really been the week. There hasn't been a whole lot of, I don't know, like really interesting. Notable pieces, like uh, a little bit. All but, of a sudden yeah. this is coming out or that's coming out or this is different or whatever. There, there was a lot of comic book movie talk yeah. and, uh, you know, Marvel, Marvel said nothing. Right. <laughs> basically right. about what was going to happen in like 2020 and right. leading like up to 2020 yeah. and just everyone started guessing what that meant. Right. And then all of a sudden there was all this, you know, is Howard the Duck going to show up again? Right. And, you know, whatever, but it wasn't actual news. Right. <laughs> they didn't like actually say much. Yeah. But and it's kind of a weird, I mean, like, cause the New York comic-con is going on. Right. And it's not like, I mean, it's not as big as San Diego because San Diego is when studios and everybody releases but all their stuff. It's getting big. It's getting big. And you would think there'd be a bunch of stuff maybe coming out of that. And I mean, there's a bunch of little things and, and not like right. notable, not one thing that's like, we have to talk about this. Right. It's, so. it's funny how those two uh, Comic-Cons are like vying for, you know, bigger and bigger status all the time. Right. And there's, you know, there's other Comic-Cons right. all the time, right. all over the place. But, you know, they're not the biggest thing and they're not in New York. Yeah. So they struggle a little bit. But it's interesting to watch the New York one grow. Yeah. Because, you know, for for a while, I mean, it's not like either one of them has been around forever. But for a while, uh, everyone saved everything for San Diego. Right. And and New York was struggling to get anything interesting to happen. Yeah. And then finally, as you know, as you get enough people, then people start saying, well, it is New York. There are all a lot of there are a lot of people showing up. So, you know, what's weird is there there was a lot of non movie stuff. Yeah, there was a lot of uh, yeah. all the TV shows and right. all the uh, comic TV shows that are on their way and, you know, whatever. But yeah. anyway, that one is, uh, you know, in a few years that they're going to be. Uh, I I think anyway, in like four or five years, they're going to kind of be neck and neck because San Diego can only grow so much, right? It can only be so big and it's kind of getting there (laughs) and New York can still grow. I don't know if you, have you been out to the San Diego one before? I I haven't been. Because I knew even when you were living out, you know, on the West side of the country, I didn't know if you'd ever popped out. I've been to a few of them in the last decade. I think I've been three times in the last seven years, something like that. Um, it's too big. Right. You know, it's not even just, it's not even just that I can't get into the panels I want. Cause I, I just can hunker down for two days and decide that this is where I'm going. Right. But it, it's actually exceeded. It's it, not by a fire hazard, but it's just, there's too many things. And it's just, there's is so much noise. You can't really focus on anything except even what you're really dialed into. But even that has 10,000 people there. So right. it's hard. It, it's nice to see other cons kind of picking that up and just being like, look, 
you know, we, we don't have that problem when right. you come here. And, right. and yeah, it just, it's really weird to be there and to be around so many newsworthy things and to just absolutely absorb none of it. Right. Because it's just too big. So. And, you know, New York is, uh, even if New York gets bigger, now, this is what I hear anyway. Yeah. But, uh, you know, the theory of New York is not as much uh, ever trying to get big in certain ways that San Diego is big. Right. You know, like right. if we only had a bigger room, yeah, then yeah. we then it could uh-huh. fit more people. And New York is not really trying to do that. Yeah. They don't so, want to haul H, really. They just, right, yeah. right. Yeah. Anyway, so that's enough babbling about Comic-Con probably. We love but, Comic-Con. Um, yeah. Yeah, so there's not a lot else going on, so I'm thinking we just uh, have to get to the movie because well, uh, yeah. it's just it's just not Newsweek, right? I mean, I guess maybe the if we're gonna tie it in, I just looked up to see if it had climbed any, and it had only climbed very little. Pan just did fifteen and a half million this weekend, right? Didn't win the this, top spot. No, this, didn't come close to coming back to its hundred and fifty million budget. Like this weekend was kind of trashy at yeah. the movies actually because the yeah. walk didn't do real well either uh right. monetarily yeah. speaking anyway and and i don't know i expected more people to go to that for looking forward to it and i yeah. i don't know that it's a movie that's you know after me anyway right. Right. i just sort of figured there would be more people going to that we had a really funny i don't know I mean, it was a very quick conversation about it in the concession line, you know, where I think, <laughs> right. I still think we ought to be mic'd right. you know, for concessions or for, you know, for the, for the seat. We'll work that up. Eventually. But, but you, you know, you had a good point. You're like, you know, I, I understand the story is kind of interesting and appealing to a limit, but do we, do we have to have a two hour movie about everything now? Right. And I was like, no, I, I agree. Certainly not. And, and, you know, I think the thing that's weird about it is, um, you know, it's so long ago. Yeah. It's just right. weird. And and it has nothing going for it except the documentary that came out right. not very long not, ago. Not too long ago. And if it wasn't for that documentary, which making the documentary, I'm completely behind. Sure. That uh, all day. I had all the time. I understand that one, I can right? That, yeah. But nobody nobody was thinking about this guy anymore. This was right. like when I was a tiny little kid that yeah. this happened. It's not like this was five, 10 years ago that someone what did this, or, you know, whatever. Four, something it like was that? somewhere around there. It was there, early seventies. Yeah. 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 It was, it was ages ago and yeah. no one cared. Right. And then someone made a documentary, which was good. Right. And you know, but it brought all the cameras, but it was a documentary. And then everyone said, Hey, I yeah. bet we could make some money. <laughs> what? Right. Why? Yeah. Because there's, I mean, yeah. anyway, I don't know. It was just, it was kind of theory anyway. And plus, it's it's basically the dumbest guy in the world, right? Right. And and why is that suddenly right. a movie? Well, I expect could this see guy that being a documentary, movie. right? But anyway, I, I think the film to make about the walk isn't what they did. I think it was to go the route of like Bubba Hotep or the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen and put him <laughs> sure. and Evil Knievel and just guys who hate their right. bodies and have no fear of death right. and are kind of dumb uh-huh. and just put them up against like. And find some Somebody. guys. Find some guys that you Sinbad. don't know. Sinbad's the villain who in that did movie. some and, uh, yeah. insane. So I mean, there has to be like the daredevil force. Yeah, that'd you know? be cool. See, that's already See, a better movie. Go. I but bet that's already being written right now. Anyway, yeah. Send your letters right. to. Right. So anyway, yeah. Anyway, so, so I mean, uh, pan. Yeah. I, I think we'll just uh, jump into pan. We wasted enough time anyway. So this movie, uh, for me, I'm gonna jump right out with the rating. Yeah, um, you can't hold the number low enough in your mouth any longer no i uh, uh that's not exactly it but i give this a three wow you liked it better than i did 
Really? Yeah, I'm at two and a half. Wow. Well, okay. Pretty, I mean, pretty I mean, close. We're, we're nitpicky there, but uh, I, I, you know, it, it's really weird too because uh, I was scared of this going in a little bit, but I kind of had decent hopes of it being at least pretty good. Yeah, uh, I thought at least this was going to be like a six, just well, because it was going to be like you know, a wild kind of a spin you know, and well, it's Joe Wright. Exactly. You and I, you and I were, I don't think we, I don't like we can sometimes, well, sometimes we are the only ones I hear saying something negative about something or positive about something. We certainly weren't the only ones that seemed to really like Anna Karenina, right. you know, but that was the last thing that I remember seeing Joe Wright do that I just kind of like did a double take. Like I remember watching that film and kind of being disposably interested for the first few minutes. And then I was like, wait, I, I'm not Wait, looking away from what's anything. happening. And I right. dialed into that thing all the way through because right. I thought it was so fun. Um, his name and that trailer, which by itself didn't sell me on anything other than the fact that this might be Anna Karenina-ish. And, and right, the, that it was the good. Take, helm, it, take a story, but right. make it like the wild, the crazy wild, version. Yeah, yeah, like the kind of whimsical, like kind of like, you like, know, like uh, so Alice in Wonderland, if that was a little better. Right. Like, yeah. like that kind so of. So I was kind of, I wasn't sold, but I was buying. Right. You know, at that point, just because of him and the last film that I enjoyed of his, I think that was his last film too, right? Like that was Anna Karenina, <laughs> the last thing he did. That was the last you thing know, he did. And then, uh, I mean, I'm a big Hugh Jackman fan. Not right. just because he's Wolverine. I actually like him. I like right. watching him do different roles, even though they're all pretty much popcorn movie roles. Right. Um, for the most part. So I was I wasn't sold on it. I wasn't necessarily hedging on it. I was just kind of like, okay, you got a lot of people who I'm kind of interested in, right? And and, and, then, right and then also it was this whole weird uh, prequel spin that I was yeah. interested to see what they were going to do with this. And right. in the trailers and the TV spots and everything, they kept talking about you yeah. know Hook was a good guy, right? Before man, I'm, I got and, it, and it's like what is what is that story? And then right. look, then they turn into enemies and stuff. And so looking at the trailer going into the movie, I'm going. Well, maybe right. maybe there's something it's, really interesting I'm going. I'm kind on. of tired of only because only because I don't feel it's being done very well. I'm kind of tired of the in thing to do the last decade, which is to take the bad guy and make him a good guy, or 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 make the make the or, or, or make or the antagonist even, or even not just, yet the antagonist we know, or or even just even just tell it from like their perspective, right, right. like Wicked, theory. like or, and, and uh, it kind of all started with Wicked. It did. The popularity I mean, of it Star Wars all started it too, with Wicked. Wicked yeah. was, you know, and even like, I guess, that, to that's an extent, when the, Maleficent, you know, all, there's a lot of these recent things where like, right. you think you know the bad guy, but you don't right. really. And really Maleficent, that, that's one of the, because I hate that movie I know too. you despise that movie. That's one of the thing, things that I think you can uh, fairly hold against that movie is that it's just right. a Wicked knockoff. Right. I mean, it's, yeah. it's just going, I don't know, Wicked sold a lot. Let's, uh, whatever. Right. Let's and, try that. and turn this around. And, right. and it was uh, horrible anyway. But, but yeah, I, you know, I like the idea and I like yeah. Wicked, the book. Right. I mean, I read the book Rainbow once. Rainbow I'm not like a giant fan. I haven't it, gone to see it on Broadway right. or whatever, but I read the book and it was good. Yeah. It was uh, it's a fun, entertaining. It's a, it's a weird, cool twist. Yeah. Then he's, uh, got the other books, and mm-hmm. I didn't really like any of those. Right. <laughs> you can it, only put lightning in the same like, bottle so many right. times. Yeah. Then it's like, I don't know, do this with another right. story. Right. Okay. And, uh, you know, it didn't work for me, really. But, I, you know, I liked the first one. Yeah. But in, in this case, I thought it, I didn't think it was actually going to be that. 
and, didn't either. And what I didn't, I didn't think it was going to be like they were best buds or he was like right, right there in the thick of things or right. whatever. I thought it was just he was not a bad guy. Right. I didn't think it was going to go so much for he's really a good guy. And I guess he's not exactly in a way, except right. that he is. But right. I thought it was just going to be more like he's not really the bad guy. Yeah. He's just another guy. And but it goes all the way. Like he's, kinda, he's the hero. He, practically. Is, he really is. I mean, yeah. Because yeah. that's the way that. It, yeah. Right. I would say that, too. It's interesting. I wonder. I don't know. I'm only going by memory of our shows. and We've done a lot at this point. But I think the lower our grade the less likely we are to worry about spoiling anything. <laughs> Probably. You know, I think if you get to threes and twos, we just blurt stuff out. Right. So I'm going to say that. Like, I'm actually going to say, I'm sorry if this spoils something for you. I was a little disappointed that there was no real, this film doesn't feel like a sequel. It felt like a one shot, like prequel, like here's the story you never knew that right. kind of thing. It just felt like it, I was waiting for Captain Hook to become Captain Hook for something to cataclysmically change their relationship. Right. Because I felt like there's the meat of the story. You've got right. Blackbeard in this story and that's fine. And you've got Hugh Jackman and you want him to be here because he's a draw and he's super talented. So that's great. Use him in every way, but don't forget that James, John Hook, James Hook, James Hook. Don't right. forget that the soon to be Captain Hook is right in front of you. And that right. we all know that story. And I don't necessarily need to see his hand get cut off though that would have been great. Right. And I don't need to see that, but I need to see some animosity brewing. I need to see some conflict there. And you've got a long enough right. movie to do it. And, there, and, when and there's don't none that, at all. When you don't even hint at it. Right. You failed in telling and, the story. And the thing that's weird, and by the time the movie's over, it's too late to care, actually. It I, is. I think that's the one, the one save of that part of the story, which is a very weird thing to say, but yeah. the save of that part of the story for me is that by the time the movie ends, you don't care anymore. Right. When so we got to you, that don't, point, you don't get it and you're like, well, what? Who cares? Right. When we, exactly. When we got to that point, I went, now I don't even want them to try because right. I, I have no interest in it at all. It's better if they just leave it alone and let someone and, else. And so, so basically what happens is um, I don't think this will ever happen now because the movie's taking right. and it's not making a lot right. of money. It's, yeah. But what it is really is it's the next movie uh-huh. where hook turns into a bad guy right. and you've got a whole movie to watch it happen right right but none of it ever comes even close to happening in this movie right this movie is completely pre it, hook is bad in any way right i mean you right. you've got the hook and smee and they fly away in a ship right but that's it as yeah. far as anything you know about hook or him being yep. bad at all so the theory is there's another movie, right? Like Pan Two, right. Hook Returns, or whatever. Yeah, and that's the movie where you get everything about that story. Yeah, and I thought we were gonna get that story so just, just like you. I thought what we were gonna get is Hook kind of takes over. Right, right. I thought really the movie was gonna be more like you know Hook, like the movie should almost be called Hook because right. it was going to be. Hook becoming the main bad guy right. and him actually being the one who yeah. you know gets rid of Blackbeard and then he's the bad pirate. There's so many ways, and that it they, doesn't work like that. At so all. many ways that they could have set this up very quickly. I don't know how hard they had to write themselves into the corners that they wrote themselves, and then provided them no ability to get out of them. Right. Um, 
you know, you've got, you've got, you know, like you said, you've got, you know, Hook, you've got Smee, you've got Tiger Lily. And we see for the most briefest of moments, Tinkerbell. And, and, my, and it's annoying, too, because we don't even know that that's Tinkerbell, except that except Japan that has to it. tell us yeah. that it's And there's Tinkerbell. no point in that happening, right. actually, and except that you have to say Tinkerbell. Right, because it can't be Peter Pan without Tinkerbell. You could easily have had Tinkerbell right. do something. Absolutely. And, and, and be part of the story. And again, right. And, and then say it's Tinkerbell. Anything. But, you know, it's, there's a billion fairies. Right. They all fly past Peter Pan. Yep. One of them stops. That's Tinkerbell. Then she's gone. You never see her again. And his delivery and then, of it, and he it. says, I can hear her. She's telling me her name is Tinkerbell. And I'm right. thinking, what I need is some studio executive, like, elbowing me in the ribs and going, huh, see, see what we did there? Right. You know, that kind of thing. But you have so many things in play that put Peter at odds of who to save. You know, his friend Hook, his, his uh, affectionate towards Tiger Lily, his, you know, whatever towards Tinkerbell, all these things. And all you have to do now, because it is kind of a weirdly derivative movie, um, which also bugs me about all these kind of films that they're making now. Uh, there's, there's a lot of stuff to me in places that felt like any of the Pirates of the Caribbean films. Not right, because right. there's a ship and there's pirates. That's obvious. But, you know, you could have had... Just like, because they're kind of goofy in exactly that same way. Right. You could yeah. have had like Sparrow versus Davy Jones versus Captain... You know, you could have had all these things and it could have been Blackbeard versus Hook versus Pan and all of a sudden Tinkerbell's in danger or Tiger Lily. And this is where Hook gets in trouble and right. like kind of gets mad. I mean, there's all kinds of ways to maturely handle this. And... They just they introduce her, she walks off, and then that's it. Right. And and the the whole movie in a in a lot of ways is really weird. And it's kind of funny to look at. You know, the big problem is uh, the writer. The screenplay yeah. is uh, Jason Fuchs, I guess. Yeah. Um, who actually hasn't really written anything except a couple of shorts and right. the screenplay for Ice Age Continental Drift. Yeah. Which. That in itself is a very weird thing about Hollywood for me. Like he has no background right. in doing anything, much less taking something and doing like a really crazy thing with it. Right. Like Joe Wright kind of has that, yeah. but even he doesn't really. And Joe Wright, I find actually very interesting because, um, you know, he didn't do anything that I loved for a while. Right. The movies he's got are Pride and Prejudice, uh, the Kira Knightley thing, which was pretty good. It was, uh, wasn't he doing stuff with Kira Knightley for a while? Wasn't yeah. What, what his his next movie was Atonement, and oh, she right, and she right, was yeah, in that. Yeah, yeah. Atonement was a little weird, and not a movie that you think uh, Atonement and Anna Karenina are clearly the same guy. Yeah. I mean, he kind of you know in those first couple movies he was in a different place doing a different thing. I don't right. know. He did not have like the Joe rightness. Of he still doesn't. I yeah. don't think he just, yeah. he's just different in every movie and he works where he doesn't. The next movie he did was soloist where he did a couple oh, of, yeah. he did a couple of kind of smaller movies yeah. and then he wanted to do this for whatever reason. And he got, you know, some really big people in it in this like massively dramatic, weird thing. Right. And nobody loved it. But, right. And it was, right. it was very goofy and, you know, heavy handed in anything it had to say. And it right. was, it was a little odd, but even still, that was, I think kind of uh, more the screenplay and why someone thought the screenplay was good in the first place is a different question. Right. Then he did Hannah, 
mm-hmm. which was actually one of my favorite movies of the year. Mm-hmm. That movie's awesome. Yeah. And then all of a sudden it was like, where did it come from? Right. And, uh, you know, that movie was incredible. And then Anna Karenina. Right. And you're which like, a really good follow up. And you're Anna. like, what the? Right. This guy, <laughs> we're going to watch him now. And it's yeah. still not, um, you know, when I loved Hannah and I was like, well, now I'll just watch whatever he does, right? And then Anna Karenina comes out. They still don't seem like they're by the same guy. They're not, right. you know, it's not like clearly a Joe Wright felt Like Anna Karenina was complete surprise, even though I really loved Hannah because it's completely different right? and off the wall. And now you get Pan and it's just, what? Right. <laughs> I mean, it's, right. it does not, uh-huh. it, it only has a kind of weirdness that Anna Karenina has as any kind of clue at all that it's by him again. Yeah. And the screenplay is bonkers. Right. And really bad. Right. I mean, a lot of it is really bad. A lot of, uh, and it's, it's hard to tell too, because you want to give it some leeway because it's a Peter Pan movie and it's for younger audiences, except that at some point it's, not necessarily. Right. And at some point, you know, you can only give so much leeway right. to really stupid dialogue. Right. And, you know, people are speaking in completely ridiculous ways. Yeah. The kid who plays Pan, sometimes he's pretty good. Yeah. And sometimes he feels like a character in an episode of Scooby-Doo or something. Right. He's just like saying these weird lines. And everyone around him is a little goofy too, yeah. and and it's just weird. But the screenplay is totally, absolutely the first block of problem. Yeah. It yeah. is, it's so weird, and it's funny because twice early-ish on in the movie, they do this whole, you know, uh, it's almost like what's that movie Fortnite? I think with uh, I was just going to say this Right. They do this weird music thing where. They have people singing, you know, like uh, Nirvana. Smells Like Teen Spirit yep. when they first come in. And then Blitzkrieg Pop later. And then they just never do it again. Right. It's completely bizarre. Like, if you're going, why do that just to do it like twice in the movie and mm-hmm. then it never comes up? It's a weird gimmick to use and a dangerous one. And in First Night, it's kind of fun. Right. But First Night has um you know first night's not a great movie except that you know i do kind of like it just because it's it's kind of goofy fun yeah but first night is a whole movie where the movie just goes look this is going to be a goofy movie and night, everything night in it right oh a night's tale, yeah, right. a no, night's tale. You're right, that's though. right yeah and everything in it is completely goofy and it never tries to be serious yep. about anything it's just a total screwball movie it's so much fun. and then it kind of works right so then fun. you can do that thing but yep. it doesn't just do that once mm-hmm. and then it never shows up again yeah because if you're going to do it it has to it has to be a thing right that's a that's a device in movies that you have to either do that or not right but you can't you flirt kind of do you it. never flirt with it yeah it's almost like breaking the fourth wall and one time addressing the audience. Like, right. okay, then you're going the Ferris Bueller route or like, you know, something like that. But that whole sense, I, I had, uh, it's, I wondered if you were going to bring that up. I had two feelings about the first part of the film. The first is, you know, even though it's easy to be like, okay, it's all Dickensian. It's got all this kind of Oliver Twist stuff. This is where Peter Pan comes from, coupled with what is more prominently known as the Harry Potter myth now, even though right. Harry Potter wasn't the first to do a 
left on the doorstep of someone who's going to treat him badly and eventually figure out he's the superpowered chosen one. Right. Which also is exactly what Pan is, you know. Um, There's this moment early on when he's living in this kind of nunnery with. Right. And and it's actually a very funny twist to watch um, him and his friend uh, accuse the nuns of stealing the good rations for themselves and they just eat porridge, you know, and they're, they pocket all these donuts and they're right. eating all this stuff. And they find their dragons lair later to prove it, which I actually was kind of, I was okay with this. Right. The sneering effect from like the nuns made me remember what it was like to be a kid and watch like, I don't mean like eighties Disney movies, although being a kid and watching Disney films or, or children's films before that, like the Dick Van Dyke Disney films, like this had a very chitty chitty bang bang right. kind of Pete's Dragon kind of feel, where where the bad guys were swirling their mustaches and all wore black hats, right. and they were sneering at and the kids when no one would live it right. And, stuff, and yeah. I thought, great, go with this movie because sure. that will be fun and it will be a throwback. And it may not be for me, but damn it, if if that's okay, I can still grade it, you know, receptively right, right. from that. But it drops that. It drops that as soon as the kids are stolen from flying clowns right okay and then i thought you know when it happens immediately after that because then they go to neverland and you have this anachronism of like what you said they're they're singing pop tunes and there's no way they'd know them right because it's not that they didn't come from america or a place like that they just happened to come a century before kurt cobain did this. right and i'm watching it and i'm like okay a knight's tale that that was fun right because in that they first at the jousting competitions they're clapping and singing queens we will rock you and things like that and i'm like that's great go this route now be playful and have fun and bring both centuries into play and they drop that and right. and they never bring it up there's a quick blitzkrieg pop kind of reference later and i'm just thinking doing and you're, and the, you're weird, the whimsy of the weird thing happens. too the weird thing too of that is and yeah, it was really frustrating that i thought both of those were viable viable avenues to tell this type of story right. and, and they and they it. never touch either and one of them again to it. and you know the weird thing for me is uh it was even weirder when they did it the second time right and then never did it again uh, agreed like Once like could, the, yeah. they did it the first time yep. and you're like well okay whatever and it's all if it, they let it drop then yep. you shouldn't let it drop anyway right but if you just let it drop then Okay. Then I would go, well, whatever. Right. But then they do it one more time, yeah. pretty close to the first time they do it. Yeah. And then they still never do it again. Yeah. And then you're like, you know, what's going on? The The whole movie is filled with a ton of things that they just want like the one thing. And then there's no connection to the story. There's no connection to right. anything else they're going to do. And they do it kind of with everything. And it's weird because they're not exactly, you know, staying true to Peter Pan in a, in some way. Right. They're going way, you know, off script yeah. of doing that yeah. and being really wild and crazy. But then they have things like the ships fly. Right. But there's nothing else interesting about the world. Right. There, there's there's n- no other things. It's just there. there's no other right. magical stuff or whatever. They do this weird uh, like transition mm-hmm. from our world to Neverland right. where the water is floating around and the fish swimming in it. So they're flying Self-contain- their shit through this weird, like, weird yeah. thing. Yeah. But then nothing else right. ever happens in the movie. There's nothing right. else magical or interesting. And you have this like really bizarre, you know, we can't find the natives. Right. And that's screwing us up because mm-hmm. we want to mine all these other places for 
the fairy dust Pixium, rocks, which like is that, yeah. whatever. Right. Uh, you know, I think who, it's who knows how that works? But they want to mine all these other places, and they can't because the natives are there. Right. Except the natives are just sitting right there. <laughs> yeah. They're not even like hiding. Nothing, they're, yeah. they're, not, yeah. they're just at the top right. of some trees with a bunch of fire everywhere. Right. That right. and then as soon as they as <laughs> soon as they so as soon as they try to find Pan, right? They just find him. Right. Uh, I mean, because, yeah. because yeah. that's what has to happen in the story next. It's such a, a weird combination of things. It kind of reminds me, and you know, still, you, you just have to blame everything. I think, yeah. on, on the on the screenplay, and it's kind of weird. Like, if you're going to take Peter Pan and try to do something screwy with it, yeah, you know, it still has to be Peter Pan, right? You Otherwise, have, don't you, you have to still be in like the same world, right. and you have to, it has to, you know, eventually connect. You have to go, right. you know, it's like Wicked, yeah. You know, you can't do Wicked, the story, and go, and all of the world right. that you've ever seen before, right. and nothing works the same, and, yeah. you know, what you're like, what? What right. am I reading now? Right. And this is almost like, you know, it reminded me at one point we were watching this movie, and I was starting to get really sad. Well, you know, like, it, at first, I liked all the stuff that was happening yeah. pretty well. Yeah. Even when they... Uh, they finally got to where Blackbeard is and stuff. And you finally see Blackbeard and he starts talking. And I'm like, well, it's a little corny, right? But you know, if it's for kids and it sure. kind of sticks to this, you know, level of doing, yep. which doesn't, do, right? Uh, then, you know, maybe it's fine. Then as the movie went on and on and on, and I went, what in the hell's going on? Like no one can deliver a line right. that makes any sense, right? you know, whatever. And then I started thinking, you know, it reminded me of this uh, quote that I can't remember who it is, but uh, there's a quote that is like, modern art is what happens when an artist looks at a naked woman and thinks he has a better idea. Right. And this is like when somebody takes Peter right. Pan, like one of the all-time classic stories ever, yeah. and goes, oh, I can do that better. Uh -huh. Yeah, <laughs> uh -huh. I, I, can, I can write a better story than that. Yeah. And, and this is what you get. Yeah. When when someone apparently thinks they can do better than Peter Pan, yeah. and it's just it's weird, bonkers. And the thing that really was killing me watching it was thinking about Anna Karenina mm -hmm. because Anna Karenina is almost the exact same thing. Anna yeah. Karenina is like somebody takes this story that no one's gonna watch mm -hmm. now. No one's right. gonna no one's gonna go to Anna Karenina. You know, this right. is not like the '80s when you can make Right, you know, like Warren Beatty being, and then just it, lose it in the shelf somewhere, and be being like, oh. like some, uh, you know, version of Warren Peake or something, yeah. and people are going to go watch it at the theater, right? right? No one's going to watch Anna Karenina, so someone takes that and says, "Well, what if we kind of jazz it up, though?" Mm -hmm. and, right, right. That's that's one of the biggest missteps I think here is that you know if you want to update a story about what Peter Pan is, or at least what I think Peter Pan is, which is everything about childhood and you know, being forced to grow up, make believe the power of those things versus one another, you know, that that's fine. But it's almost like what Jason Fuchs and Joe Wright did was they just said, yeah, okay, so we've got this character and what we'll do is we'll just put him into this template. Like, right. like you, you know, it'll be, um, you know, he's another chosen one right. whose parents died fighting discipline and now he's orphaned and he's going to make his way back to, you know, I mean, like, geez, this is Harry Potter. And it's not just Harry Potter, but this is every contemporary young adult story that we've 
seen right. or read, you know, in the last time. And it doesn't address anything that makes Peter Pan Peter Pan. I've always disagreed with you about the Christopher Nolan Batman films, especially right. the second one. But you're you've been steadfast about it, and I respect it because you've applied it to other things where you're like, if and even some of the James Bond films, you're like, if you just want to tell this story and put James Bond in it, that that's not a James Bond story. Right. If you want to tell that story and put somebody else in it, then I'm on board. Right. But you know, this is some whimsical attempts to try to tie in Peter Pan because he's in the public domain, maybe. You know, I, mean, right, I, know, right. I, I know he's in the public domain. Peter Pan is an unlicensed, like right. anybody can write about him, but maybe that's what they thought. Like, hey, we can tell the story. Let's just put Peter Pan over it. And in changing the very nature of what Peter Pan's basically like trying to tell kids and adults, you change the effectiveness of what you're doing. And here it shows so glaringly, you know, obviously that it doesn't work. Right. I'm not saying it can't work. Just like I'm not saying Pride and Prejudice and zombie stories can't be effective. Obviously, they can. Right. But it doesn't mean no matter what you put on top of it is going to come out. And and it's just unbelievable that someone didn't just say, wait a minute, look, like, look at this. And, and you know, there's there's like an opening in Peter Pan, too, because, uh, I mean, I'm a huge Peter Pan fan anyway. Yeah. Uh, I really love the book right. um, and the play, actually, or whatever. Right. It's a really cool story, and the thing that I think is kind of weird in general about Peter Pan is that um, there was a version of Peter Pan not too long ago, and I think it was like Jason Isaacs was yeah. the dad and uh, Hook. Yep. And that's the only version of that movie that there's ever been that gets the story right. Right. And it's bizarre. Right. Like because what happened is that you know Disney made it once, right? And, they, and everyone believes Disney. And they all, and they right. dis, Disneyfied it, and yeah. then no one reads the book. Right. At the end of the book, you're supposed to be really sad for Peter Pan, right? That he is basically in this screwed version of life, right? And at, yeah, like tried. at the end of the book, you're like, if you don't know the real story and right. you read the book right now, at the end yeah. it's like Old Yeller or something, right? At the end, yeah, you'd you're be like, going, oh my god, what happened? It's like. Yeah. It's like Phoebe watching, you <laughs> right, know, yeah, old old yeller and friends. Wait, yeah. what happens at the end? Right. Because it's like a sad, horrible thing. It's no. not like, you know, dancing right. kids no. or, or whatever. Anyway, but um but none none of the other versions of the movie really get that. And there's an opening there. Yeah. For, you know, the story just starts. Peter Pan's just Peter Pan, and right. he's just there. He's right. just, you know, like... Always uh, present as Pan. He's yeah. just a part of Neverland, and trying to look at that and go, now how, now how did he get there? Right. L let's go back more and think... <laughs> that that was right. cool. That was funny. Um, ver there's a story there to be told, yeah. uh, but it has to actually connect to, right. The, <laughs> right. to the story that it's supposed to be a prequel yeah. of. And when this movie ended, all I could think was, does it actually make sense that this ever connects yeah. to the world of Peter Pan? Because there's obviously a giant gap, yeah. right? Where there's the next movie. Right. And, uh, you know, people don't age and, right. you right. know, blah, blah, blah. And they've been there forever. And Hook turns bad. There's plenty of story that we have not ever touched on. But still, I'm thinking can what we watched ever really make sense with right. Peter Pan with this whole, you know, the, yeah. the, the weird giant cavern of pixie dust thing that happens. Yeah. And, you know, who knows, whatever it is. I, I think, I think someone could tie all that together and that would be a very big job. 
you know, there's there's certainly I think they'd have to backtrack a lot because this thing just makes so they, much. They'd have stuff. to do a lot of weird things. And, you know, we've got the whole Blackbeard story where he wants all this pixie dust because it's what keeps him alive. Right. Right. <clears throat> Except that's not how Neverland works. So right. how do you then I mean, do we just explode all the pixie dust yeah. and then it just fills the air and yeah. everybody gets it? And lives? I don't know. I mean, it's just it's so it's such a weird version of telling a story. And it's such a weird screenplay, like we already said. It does all of these things and then completely yeah. flips. It it switches gears so many times. When it starts out, the beginning movie where we see him and it's the, you know, basically creepy nuns or right. whatever, and it's uh World War Two, I yeah. think. Yeah. Um and you know, it's this. We're in this depressing world. Everything's gray, and and right. Peter Pan is making it or whatever. And you know, that's kind of an interesting, fun story. And it's a little silly, but yeah. it's like kid movie acceptable silly, right? And, and it's got fun things going on with it. Even when the pirates like jump down on the weird bungee cords yeah. and stuff, it's like goofy, but yeah. it's fun. It is fun. And then all of a sudden it goes, yeah, not that movie anymore. Right. Guess what? Yeah. And you know, then it goes to the next thing that it's not going to do anymore. And right. then it does the weird song things. Really? <laughs> and then it does, right. it does this weird thing with the songs, which I never thought for a second. The first time they did that, I thought it, I thought it was a little goofy that they were just pulling that out of nowhere. Right. But I never thought for a second that they would just never do it again. Right. I thought, right. oh, it's well, this is going to happen. And I, right. and then I'm, then you're like, you know, I wonder what other songs they'll well, throw exactly, in and where that, that will come up. And we know, you know there whatever. are Lost Boys, or there are right. tribes, or there's, you know, in all kinds of places in Neverland, there's other people. And I just thought, well, when we get around the Lost Boys, they'll be singing some Pearl Jam songs. Right. right. You know, it's going to be something, maybe a Nine Inch Nails tune, like. And it's not as if, it, it's not as if. Um, you know, it's a play on Hugh Jackman's Les Mis character either. Like it almost for a second, it felt like, oh, this is going to be kind of like a weird homage to other films too. Like it, and again, this happens like in the first portion of the film. So I'm thinking this thing is going to go everywhere in the best of ways. It's going right. to be like this fun throwback to all these things that have nothing to do with the film, but they're going to contemporize it. And in the end, it was just, a mess it just went everywhere not in the best of ways it right went in all the bad ways but. and and like i said it does all these other things too like the ships fly and the you know the ship the ships will like turn upside down oh yeah they, fly. There's, there's no law to anything they can there do. there's no explanation for them flying right because yes. in neverland things are supposed to fly because you put pixie dust on them. right but we clearly don't have any pixie dust <laughs> right right and and it it's apparently just every ship flies right. because they even find a ship yeah, right. That clearly, no one just put some pixie dust on, right? Yeah, and right. they go, well, let's make it fly. And there, there's no explanation for it. A lot of times, I'm okay with not having an explanation. You don't have to describe everything to me, right? But right. it has to, it has to fit in the world somehow exactly. and right. make some kind of sense. And then if you don't explain it, it's okay. You know, right. like if if uh, you know Star Wars doesn't tell you exactly how. Fast, faster than thing. light travel works right. or whatever that's right. okay because right. we're just in that world right but we're in a completely different world here and then it uh, then if the turns upside down and still flies then i need another explanation yeah right. <laughs> because then it still doesn't make sense and it's just it's almost it's seriously almost like drunk screenplay writing right Screen, screenplay writing right. because it's like i had this idea 
and I think this will look yeah, cool. Right, right. I think if the ship turns sideways and keeps going and then turns upside down, I, that'll look cool. You you might as well, and so put it in. You might as well be in the car with like your father or your you know your crazy uncle, and you're just like, why did we go right? His answer is because I have the wheel. Right. You know, the, basically it's because I have the typewriter and I said it could. <laughs> right. You know, it's got and it, you're right. It has that kind of weird like just take it feeling. And, uh, and and it keeps going with that too when they. Uh, when they're going through the jungle and they're like the yeah, Neverland right. birds, yeah, that suddenly there's these new creatures yeah. that attack them, and then they go find the camp, and then there's an explanation of the right. camp and yeah. the map and Man, the map. your mother's in the world. Oh, I just told you that because right, it was kind of like um, so you get to Tiger Lily mm-hmm. and uh, the the natives or whatever, and we're trying to find the whatever the fairy world garden that is locked away and we have the secret key or whatever and uh and it's basically like pan is the legend like there's the yeah the prophecy of the golden child or whatever and he shows up at the at the camp and he has to prove that he can fly and blah 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 whatever and tiger lily says yeah your mother's in there right and then later we have to explain why she said yeah that uh his mother was in there and it's very weird yeah it's almost like uh you know the first version of the script said yeah you know your mother's in there and there was going to be this whole his mother was going to be in there right like that the feeling when that scene was filmed the plan was that his mother was going to be there right and then someone said "Eh, i don't like the way that's going we're going to do a whole different thing with uh flying the ships through the whole thing and have a big battle and his mother's not there all right well then i have to write this scene where she goes oh well i lied to you because uh and that's and that's basically just like to me that's that's just how it works that's just how it feels you know it's it's this whole why would she lie? Right. Well, um, because I don't want to do that anymore. Right. Like, yeah. yeah. Like yeah. when I was typing that page, I wanted that to happen. But right. when I got farther along, I didn't want to do my, that anymore. My favorite fix for that is in the Star Wars films where, you know, Luke says to Obi-Wan, like, why did you tell me that? And he goes, well, what I told you was true from a certain point of view. Right. And he's like, man, what a dick. Like, thanks. Thanks for screwing up my last, you know, right. 10 years of living and stuff. But, you know, there were so many things at least we've been consistent. There's so many bad things to rail on about this. There, right. there are a couple, there are a couple interesting things. Uh, we didn't see it in 3d. And though I'm glad I actually suspect it because there were a lot of things, there were a few things that would have been really distracting, like all the fairies everywhere. There was just too much. It was too much. Right. Just 2d, but there are some things that would have been interesting just to see. I'm by no means right. suggesting that it's not worth it. In 3D, but they'd be but if we had seen it in 3d, I would have appreciated those things. Right. Um, you know, if, if I had to say anything really positive about the film, strangely, and I know a lot of people might not like that. It's, I I like Hugh Jackman very much in in a way, not just because he's Hugh Jackman, but it's like, you've got this guy on set playing this, basically just let him off the leash and you let him go. And there are times when Hugh Jackman, like in the trailer, you see him more often than not being bombastic and just like super arms wide right. open, screaming uh-huh. these lines. But he also knows in certain points of the film where his sensibilities kick in, that he has to dial that back in. And and in both instances, I think he's actually kind of effectively chilling. Like he's kind of a good bad guy for this. Right. The, the problem with that is 
there are times when he is supposed to be maniacal and kind of like world beating and he's eating the scenery. He's just chewing up everything around him. And that works real well if you've got somebody who can hold their own against him. Otherwise, he's just uncontrollable. And in, and in Garrett Hetland, the guy who I remember last liking in Tron Legacy, I actually, oh, right, I actually right. liked him in that. I wasn't wild about him in the On the Road movie. But I, I mean, that's more about my not liking Jack Kerouac, I think, than anything else. But but he seems to be trying to do the same thing that Hugh Jackman does, which is be this big, larger than life. Everything he says has this huge timber to his voice. And it doesn't sound like a real person talking. He actually sounds like right. annoyingly like he's trying to. He, like he, he's he, trying to he channel, like he's trying to do an impression of something. Right. I, yeah. It felt like to me he was trying to channel like uh, like a like an Indiana Jones version of Harrison oh, yeah. Ford. And then like all the while still like I would see these moments where it felt like he was trying to be like a young Hugh Jackman. But right. but he also most annoyingly than anything else, he was like always talking like Carl Urban in Star Trek. The the Doctor McCoy bones. Yeah, with this like everything he said was just this this tone of Doctor McCoy. And I'm like Maybe this was who you were told to be. Right. But if you're left to your own devices and it seems like everybody's kind of doing their own thing on this set, this is your fault. Like yeah. you're actually not it good was, enough uh, to hold your not not that he's not a good enough factor to hold his own, but his character of Hook against Blackbeard, who is this larger than life thing, like it's almost the it's almost the way that it's supposed to be, and most people are more familiar with with Disney, it's like Captain Hook versus Peter Pan. Peter Pan doesn't have to raise his voice to do all these things to hold his own against Hook. Right. He just is mischievous. He's, and He's and Peter Pan. He's Peter Pan. He's puckish. And in this, it just Hedlund felt like he was doing all the wrong try to be on the screen at the same time as Blackbeard. And man, it just falls. Right. And, you know, I think uh, I agree. Hugh Jackman is, I think, really good. He's really good in this. He's really good. It's just unfortunate where he is exactly. Yeah. But Hugh Jackman felt most of the time that you see him on screen, he felt like he didn't even have any lines. Right, sneer. Like they move around. No, I mean, I mean, whatever he said, it was just all improv. They they just were like, go do whatever you want. They were like, here's the scene. Here's what everybody else says. Right. You just go. And and he, you know, he just kind of ran with the situation. And sometimes he was. It's interesting because his character is very different at different times. Sometimes he's just super calm. Right. You know, I I just win. Right. And, and I, I'm just the guy. Right. And then other times he was, like you said, he was like really loud and he uh-huh. was like wild and crazy. And he was like losing his mind almost. Right. I mean, he was just, he, he was obsessed he was by getting bizarre. Right. Yeah. And, and it worked really well. And hook, you know, like you said, he reminded me, first of all, it, there was like kind of this weird Indiana Jonesiness to it, but it was right. almost even like way old, like uh, Alan Quartermain and the right. Lost Minds right. movie kind of things. It was it was which are the same thing. It, it is really anybody, yeah. But it was also it was this weird version of like doing an impression of somebody. It was yeah. like when we watch Age of Adeline, yeah. and that guy has to be young Harrison Ford, right? And he was clearly just trying to do a Harrison do a Ford impression, Harry, right? Yeah, right? not be the character, but it the, was yeah. it was really weirdly similar to that yeah. and he he did always have this really weird it, it was like a odd speech pattern yeah it was just like you know no one talks like that no one right you know uh, it was almost everybody else is normal and then suddenly all his lines are like pulled out of shakespeare plays right you know he's just yeah. talking a whole other language or yeah. whatever 
and it was weird and it always had this this odd impression kind of quality like he's trying to do a voice i'll he's tell you trying man, to do some weird voice if i you know? if i had genuinely attended the movie and i couldn't see the film i would have told you that was carl urban i right. would have I, if you had been like who is this i'm like okay i can tell that's hugh jackman and i guess that's the I, see i would that's have thought carl urban. i would if i was watching the movie blind i would have thought that was the character where it was like it was like live action mixed with a cartoon. Right. Like he was a cartoon right. character right. in the middle of uh, one of them old Disney movies yeah. where that's funny because it's, it was so different was than everyone else. Than, yeah. And so odd. And you know, the, the kind of weird thing about the movie too, is there's all this action and adventure in the movie. I mean, since we've complained about everything else, there's all this action and adventure type stuff happening. Yeah. But it's, but it's like, kind of you hinted it's like the disney ride version of it yeah there isn't actually any action and adventure there's just like a sign goes up and says this is the action part like they escape on these uh weird elevator things that are connected to these giant balloons and then they you know let it loose and then they're swinging around and then they're flying on the ships except none of it you know no one's ever really chasing them. Yeah. You're not ever yeah. really scared no that yeah, anything's right. going to happen. Yeah. The pirates show up and it's all like weird stage play fighting where, yeah. you know, it's just, it's almost like really old Doctor Who or something. Yeah. It's like we're running, but we're not especially scared right. of what's chasing us. Right. There are no bad, if we had a bad guy to chase them. Yeah we'd have had to hire more people right. and we don't want to do that. I mean, it was, it was just for a movie that has 10,000 extras in this pit. Yeah. It was like, they had them for like two hours and that, that and then it. we're done. Yeah. And if we, if we didn't get exactly what we wanted, rewrite something. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I, you know, you reminded me of something I meant to say, I just forgot to say it. You're right. That part where, you know, Garrett Hedlund is kind of talking strange and everyone else is doing the same thing. That felt very pirates of the Caribbean too. Right. You know, Johnny Depp famously almost lost the job because everyone who was seeing it as an executive producer was like, why is he talking like that? Everyone else is saying their lines normally. And right. he's got this weird affect. And it's almost like, you know, I'm not going to I'm not going to accuse Garrett Hetland of trying to rip off Johnny Depp or, you know, try to crib something to make his character stand out. I just think Joe Wright should have come over and been like, OK, that's interesting. Now, now try it like this. Just speak normally and say exactly right. the same thing. You know, the problem I have with that, though, is as bad as the screenplay is, point, you have to direct something, too. Yeah. And, you know, I don't think he can get off the hook just because I like his last two movies. I mean, it, right. it's, uh, it's um, yeah, no, I agree. It's things like that where he just went with it. And I don't know. I don't know if there's some version of this movie that yeah. puts things better together know. or does know. something, but I, I don't know. There are some fun parts though. I was just going to say, I imagine young enough kids right. will like it, right. um, but it's, it's just so weird and it's such a weird, it's almost, you know, there's a certain like Willy Wonka quality yeah. to it where you, you know, the story starts coming out that a lot of people are stoned when they were making right. it or something because right. everything is so weird and the jumping around is weird and the whole like trampoline fight, you're yeah. like, how did that get in there? Right. It's, it's really like uh-huh. people were just drunk throwing darts at a wall yeah. and, you know, somebody had some trampolines. Right. <laughs> right. I, Try that. I don't know. Work those in. Yeah. And people start shooting their guns and They're- weird colored 
smoke comes flying for, out. For as much and you as can't I figure didn't, out why. Yeah, for as much as I didn't like it. Well, I actually, and that was strange. I liked that. I liked when they were shooting the fairies and they just exploded into like these puffs of smoke. That was actually there were there were well, a fair the, number of they weren't even things. they weren't even shooting fairies at that point. Know, it was just, it was, it was when they were when they were attacking the natives. That was with the natives, right? Yeah, and they would come down off the ships and start shooting, and different colored weird smoke puffs. would yeah. would explode. That's interesting. And I like that scene completely by itself. Right. If there was a movie that that actually went with, that would be a whole different movie. I really liked Hugh Jackman in it. And there were moments when I liked Levi Miller, the kid who plays Pan. Uh, but they're very but there were far there were moments that I really didn't. There there were yeah there were hardly any moments where I remember you know, Rooney Mara doing anything except being on the marquee. Except for just looking really good. Right. Um, I, you know, I didn't hate her, though. I didn't um, either. She, I, don't, I don't have a necessary thing. A lot of the stuff that she did, I thought, was um, she was doing it fairly well. She's passable at it, yeah. It's just that, it, anybody it, it's, just that it's a goofy thing. Right. So, But there were there are some moments and scenes that are almost all tied to a special effect that I like talking about like what happened with Blackbeard and this this weird animated revolving kind of mercurial right thing. there's all this weird beautiful remembering stuff. yeah it's like it's yeah. like a visual memory and it's beautiful looking and then later there's a bit of beauty in the fairy kingdom when they get in there and there's all these fights like there's bits and pieces there that are okay right but I'm so disengaged and I'm and I'm genuinely Though I'm not on my phone, I never am on my phone in the theater, but I'm not on my phone kind of bored. I'm just absolutely disengaged from the movie right. forward almost throughout. And then, and it keeps it's jumping. It's a long movie, too. It keeps jumping back and forth in a weird way. We're going to run out of time. Uh, We're so, not going for this story. No. Oh, so God. we have to wrap this up. But it's so weird that it switches gears so many times in so many different ways. Yeah. When you get the fight scene at the end, when they're flying through and they're all surrounded by all this pixie dust right and you compare that to when they are fighting or running away from or whatever it is that they're doing these weird neverland birds oh yeah right you know like yeah. those are just not the same movie That's not at all they're they're in like a cartoon in like the tiki room at disneyland right. yeah, and exactly. weird fogs going off it's totally uh, random this everything might be, this might be a rental or a netflix film i i would never suggest anybody but see this in the theater on, only you know. really for kids you have right. to have like yeah, a right. kid excuse right. you have to at least right. have a kid that, <laughs> right. that you can stay yeah. you're right. renting it for yeah all right we are uh totally out of time and uh we will be back next week next week better be awesome because uh crimson, crimson peak, peak is next week and if that movie is I got good i got high hopes I'm going to be uh, really pissed. Really every, everything right. looks good about that, though. Yeah. Every trailer I've seen, yeah. every it's just so wild and crazy and awesome looking. Yeah. Um, okay, so we'll be back next week with that. Thanks for tuning in. And please, please share, subscribe, rate us on iTunes, review us on iTunes, and otherwise trick your friends into listening to us. Thanks. Bye. Cabela's is coming to Northern Virginia with a spectacular new store in Gainesville. Find everything you need for hunting, fishing, camping, and shooting sports, plus much more. Join us for our grand opening celebration Thursday, March 9th at 10 a.m. Be one of the first 500 in line and receive a Cabela's gift card worth up to $500, plus a chance to win one of three Remington firearms. See store for details. Don't miss Cabela's grand opening in Gainesville, located off I-66 and Highway 29 near Virginia Gateway.
Cabela's is coming to Northern Virginia with a spectacular new store in Gainesville. Find everything you need for hunting, fishing, camping, and shooting sports, plus much more. Join us for our grand opening celebration Thursday, March 9th at 10 a.m. Be one of the first 500 in line and receive a Cabela's gift card worth up to $500, plus a chance to win one of three Remington firearms. See store for details. Don't miss Cabela's grand opening in Gainesville, located off I-66 and Highway 29 near Virginia Gateway. 